Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 26. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money newsletter. Hannah and I send out a weekly email newsletter to go along with this podcast. We also share a little bit about where we're adventuring lately, what we're doing, and any other best tips we have for getting ahead with your money. So if that sounds interesting to you and something that you'd like to receive from us each week, you can go to mappedoutmoney.com and right there on the homepage, you can sign up, put in your email, and you'll get the very next one that we send out. All right, I feel like I need to start this episode with a confession. What's the confession? You already know the confession, but the oh. confession is, I would say I, but we. We. We both. You did it first. I did do it first. And then I tempted you into it. You did. In classic like the e fashion. <laughs> <laughs> we bought $20 socks. $20 socks. And I'm not talking about five pairs like of, socks pack, like of socks for $20. I'm talking about one pair. Single pair of socks. For $20. For $20. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into what we're talking about today in some ways. Right? We, we, we'll come back to the socks. But you know, so this, this is uh, Nick's curious questions. The curious question is, where do you appreciate added luxury? Yeah, this is a conversation we had because we bought those socks. Because of the socks. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it really comes down to this idea of like, right, we're, we're not Jeff Bezos. Okay, we don't have Bezos money. And so... Um, if you're like us and you don't have Bezos money, then that means that you can't afford luxury in every single little bitty aspect of your life. So the question is, in what aspects do you really like value the luxury premium thing? And uh, are you willing to make that part of your budget? So back to these socks. <laughs> Why did you buy $20 socks? So I went to go get a pair of running shoes. Mm -hmm. And of course, she looked at the socks that I had to try on the shoes with, and she's like, oh, these are cotton socks. You don't want cotton she socks. And I was like, I don't. Phenomenal sales. I know. She's like, no, you don't want cotton socks because, see, they don't pull the moisture off of your feet, and those socks don't have the arch support that you really need, and all these reasons why my socks were far inferior to these $20 socks, which I didn't know were $20 at the time. But she had me use a pair of the $20 socks to, to try on try my on new running shoes. shoes with. And she was right. They were amazing. And so I was like, I'll buy one pair. So I bought my one pair of socks and loved them. And so then we went back and we got some that were on clearance. So they weren't quite $20. I think they were maybe like 15 yeah. So they were a bargain. Wow. a bargain. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that is how the $20 socks started. I loved my socks so much that I was like, Nick, you have got to try some of these socks. And you ended up a couple of weeks later, you needed running shoes too. So, and of course they had you try of your course. shoes on with the socks. Of course. And you realized that they were Legit. amazing. Yep. And so, I mean, legitimately, okay. So I think there's two things going on at play with the socks. Number one, I think there's legitimate, they are, they're nice. They're compression, they're moisture wicking or whatever. They pull moisture away from your feet. You don't get like stanky, super sweaty, ridiculous feet for running five, after running five miles. And, and we have been in like super hot, humid weather. Super hot, and humid. I will say, like it's worked. Those socks make yeah, a difference. They've worked, and and for me, the compression is even more. Like, I don't know, my feet get sore and stuff. And when I wear those socks and go out for long runs, they really do legitimately nice. help. So I think that that's one. Like, legitimately, they're they're nice. Now, I do think that there's an element here that I like wearing the socks so much 
that I am now more likely to run. Yeah, I think that's Would fair. you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. Well, and it's also kind of like the identity thing. It is an identity so thing. So it definitely makes you feel like, I'm a runner. Yes. I have runner's socks. I have runner's socks. So I need to go out and run. I need to go out and run. Yeah. And so I, I do think you got to be careful with this because I think you can get into all sorts of situations where you're just like, yeah, I'm going to buy this equipment and then I'm going to do it. So you got to be careful with that. But I do think that sometimes like there's an argument to be made for like, am I willing to pay a little bit more for the socks? Because now I'm more likely to go run, which is really my ultimate goal anyways, is to be healthy and run regularly. Uh, and I think there's a, I think there's an argument for that. Yeah. There's the time and a place for it, I think. So going back to the curious questions, uh, what's another area? That you like added luxury? Are you asking me? Or are you just asking in general? No, you. Well, I think for me, a long, I mean, this is along the same lines of the socks, but footwear in general. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's like my background in physical therapy and like recognizing that your feet are like the foundation for everything else in your body. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not taking care of your feet, it's going to throw everything else off. Um, but I am definitely not the person who's going to buy like, knockoff shoes like yeah. i'm not gonna go buy knockoff birkenstocks i want legitimate birkenstocks yeah. because like they You're feel amazing on your feet them. yeah for me and you i would say that we are definitely in the lower end in terms of like um sheer volume of new pairs of shoes we buy per year yeah compared to the average american yeah we don't buy that many new pairs of shoes but mm-hmm. when we buy them they tend to be more expensive yes. higher quality higher quality shoes. more supportive um, I, my feet are super wide for whatever reason. So I always have to get the extra wide blah, 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 which is almost always more expensive. Whereas like clothing in general, it's going to be very rare that oh, I buy yeah. an expensive piece of clothing. Yep. Like I almost always, if I'm buying anything, pants, shirt, whatever. You're buying clearance at TJ Maxx. It's going to be under $20. Yeah. One of the things I like about this question that we were talking about when we first brought this up was this idea of. Um, where can you spend really big? But because of the category, it's still not an objectively large amount of money. So like the socks are a perfect example. Like our feet feel like they're rich. They, our feet feel like they're rich. And objectively speaking, $20. it's $20. Like yeah. it's not that big a deal, right? We spent more than that at Sonic. But this idea of like, where can you go big? So watches are a really good example where like you can't really go big unless you have real money. Right. Or cars. Cars, yeah. yeah. Like, if you want, like, if your thing is you like added luxury in cars and watches, more power to you. But you're going to need a lot of money in order to be at the top of the line, right? You can spend twenty or $30,000 on a watch and still not be at the top of the line. Like, and kind of still be a long ways away. You from can spend the top twenty or 30000 on a car and you're, like, bottom of the line. Totally. And so, <laughs> if, if cars or watches are your shtick... Uh, great. Like, that's what budgeting is for. I want you to budget for that. I want you to, like, prioritize that. But just know, like, you're in an, you're in a category that it's going to be really hard to be premium. Whereas, you know, other things, it's not that bad. Like, I think about Frisbees. As, this is one of my pet peeves. I've been yelling about Frisbees for ever since you knew me. But, like, it, it just really bothers me when I go to the beach or I go somewhere and I see those crappy little $1, like, Walmart <laughs> frisbees because you can get the absolute best frisbee on the face of planet earth 
for $12 on Amazon. Yeah, the number of times that I've been lectured on like Frisbees and low quality. It's not even you. I'm not lecturing at you. It's just lecturing at the air as I pass (laughs) someone who has a $1 Frisbee that I'm just like, I just don't understand. Like, yeah, Nick acts like it's like child abuse when you see a kid like on the beach and they have one of those. I will go buy you a $12 Frisbee right now, kid. Like, you need this in your life. It's way better. And it's twelve dollars. <laughs> you could buy ten of them in bulk and get them for nine bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah, it's a very cost efficient place where you can you can go luxurious. Yes, yeah, super luxury, very high end, but with an objectively tiny amount of money. Yeah. So the other question along this line that you kind of brought up that was interesting was, where do most people skim, where you could kind of go all out and add a lot of value slash gain attention. And so like you were talking about it, even like when businesses give a gift. Yes. So let's say that your work gives you a watch but and they give you, you know, like a decent watch, yeah. but it's not the greatest watch. And then let's say that they give you a, like on, on another example, that they give you a Yeti, koozie or a yeti cooler or like some really like top of the line thing that maybe costs the same amount let's say they gave you a 200 dollars watch yep and then they gave you a 200 dollars cooler like which one's going to grab your attention more yeah the cooler no doubt yeah no doubt because that just tends to be an item i guess that you assume is going to be like less luxurious i don't know is that is that why that makes a bigger impact i think so and and, i mean it's um and and, you know to be fair i didn't come up with this idea so so this idea in particular about the gifts thing is from a book that i love called giftology uh, by john rulin and he has an entire company you know basically their strategic gift giving which is amazing that that even exists um but that's his whole that's his whole shtick is you go if you're trying to give a gift to somebody go expensive where others go cheap and don't go at all where others go expensive yeah and so that's that's sort of his mantra and to your point even if i'm doing something let's say i'm doing something for christmas right if i'm going to have let's say i'm going to i'm going to spend 50 dollars on my brother right if i get my 50 dollar watch i don't know why watches are the example but just because watches they can be so expensive but if I give him a $50 watch, again, like, that's cool. That's nice. Um, he would appreciate it. He'd be grateful. If I gave him a $50 koozie, and you're like, how do you even spend $50 on a koozie? And you're like, well, you buy him, like, a super nice stainless steel amazing koozie, and then you get his name etched in it, or you get his favorite football team etched in it, or you whatever. You custom have it made and you spend $50 that same amount of money, but on a koozie, and that's going to make a much, much, much bigger impact. It's a, it's so much more memorable and um, so much more appreciated because, again, it's it's luxury in a category that people don't typically go luxury in. It's also interesting to me, too, because it's, it's different than like what you would even prefer to have. Because totally. you might look at it objectively and say, well, I would prefer to have the $50 watch, but... What you're talking about is like impact. Yes. And and you're right. The koozie is going to have a way bigger impact. Yes, absolutely. So that's especially important if you're talking about gifting like in a business, in a business or a business client, sense. like a client perspective. If you're trying to win business, you know, that kind of thing. It's, um, it's like very important in that way. It makes me think a lot of um, the love languages yes. thing and mm-hmm. like knowing other people's love languages and like how you can actually show them what you're trying to show yes. them, I guess. And then especially when it comes to thinking about how you can use your money efficiently 
and the ways that you enjoy your money the most. Um, so it's almost like figuring out your money love language. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that's that's totally right. So like one of the things that we've talked about um, is we kind of had this realization of when we were spending a lot of money eating out and we were not real happy with it when we looked back on like, oh, last month we spent $300 eating out. We're like, that's kind of ridiculous. Yep. We don't want to spend that much on that. And realizing that we could get all the same values that we wanted from the eating out experience, we could get those from going to get a cup of coffee and spend way less money. Mm -hmm. And again, we can get super luxurious coffees. We can get the maxed out coffee that we absolutely love and spend like a third or a fourth. I mean, we literally did that today. We went to one of our favorite coffee shops today and I got a monkey mocha uh, which is, I don't even know what that was, like 6 or $7 probably. Yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, whatever you got, chai, something, something. Pooh Bear. The Pooh Bear. <laughs> so Hannah got the Pooh Bear. And um, I don't know, we spent like 13 bucks, right? And and we obviously don't do that all the time, but it's like super luxurious, top of the line. It was like, awesome. It was awesome. And, and it was you, way less than we would yeah, have spent going we out ate, to eat. We ate lunch here, and then we just went and got coffee. And so we feel like, man, this is so premium. It feels so nice. There were it's like it's such a great experience. Oh, okay. It wasn't just coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But at the coffee shop. Yeah. So the, the point still stands right, though, of like th- the idea is it, it's sort of about setting expectations, like in some ways, right? Like I even think about when you were talking about the food thing, going back to um, – going back to – sort of the gifting thing. Let's say somebody comes into town, like a friend who's going to visit and you want to take them out for a nice dinner. Um, if you take them out to a steakhouse, right, you're already setting yourself up to be in a premium category. And so if you want to be extremely like and give them the top of the line experience, you're going to pay a lot of money, right? Whereas if you were going to pay the exact same amount that you would spend at like a run-of-the-mill steakhouse at the best and most amazing sandwich shop in town, you're in a different category now. And so, like, you can spend crazy money to get premium, luxurious sandwiches uh, and still be objectively not that much. Yeah. So, basically, what you're saying is if you go to a steakhouse where it's already assumed luxury, mm-hmm. but you don't go all out. So, let's say it's you— It's like, oh, it was a nice gesture. Yeah. You do, like, the cheap version of the super expensive yes. steakhouse. Bingo. It's not very impactful. Yeah. But if you take them to just a regular old sandwich shop and you really, you're like, yeah, I'm going to order you three sandwiches so you get to try out all these different things. And I'm going to get us a couple of appetizers and I'll get us a couple of different beers to try mm-hmm. out with all the different, you know, this, like, really luxurious experience. You could probably spend the same amount or less that you spent on, like, the lower end steak house experience but make a big impact totally and i think it's important in doing this for yourself too right like like for me and you when we're trying to decide where we're going to go eat like that plays into it in terms of like okay if we're going to spend this much money where do we want to go like Mm -hmm. this is the exact amount of money we're going to spend regardless of where we go Mm -hmm. now let's choose where we want to go and with that certain amount of money you can buy yourself a really luxurious experience or you can buy yourself a really cheap experience at a luxurious place um, depending on how much money you've got to play with. Hannah, what other couple things come to mind when I say, you know, what are some areas that you, like, want to to add a little bit of luxury? Well, this has come up a lot, like, with, we don't even have a house yet, and just <laughs> thinking through, like, 
the renovation slash decor stuff that we want to do. Um, and I obviously value home, but even within the home category, we can't afford to do all out luxury in no. every area. Of course. Of so weighing, okay, what are the things that are going to make a big impact? Um, like on the space and for yeah. us and yeah. Like in the Airstream, a great example of that is our stickwood. Yes. Um, you know, that was definitely a more luxury item. Yeah, it's super expensive. Um, and we spent a lot of money there, whereas like the flooring that we put in the Airstream is relatively inexpensive. But it looks good. Yeah. Um, and so like with the house, you know, figuring out, okay, do we want to pay more for like a like an engineered hardwood floor or can I get like 90% of what I'm wanting from the, from our floor by using a luxury vinyl that is going to be a little less expensive per square foot. And it's also going to be easier for us to install. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also going to be less headache as far as, you know, trying to make sure that it doesn't get scratched or dented or any of those things. Um, so that's definitely one area. And then even, you know, like countertops. Like, do I have to have granite or marble countertops? Mm-hmm. Or can I find something that I like to look of that maybe is like a solid surface, less expensive option? Well, and I think about this too with like um, all of the appliances these days. Like everything is so, like the house that we're buying has appliances in it. So I don't think we're going to have to upgrade appliances for a while. But, you know, everything, especially these days with like all the smart stuff. So it's like, well, do you want to spend to get the fridge that I can hook up to my Alexa and have it to chill the eye? Like, don't some of them have like almost like TVs? Yeah, they have like yeah. TVs and digital stuff. And so again, if, if that's, again, I'm not hating on it. If that's, yeah, if, if that's you're what like, you like, if you're it's listening, crazy. Go like, well, I love those things. Yeah. And that's, you truly, get your refrigerator like, with, the TV in with it. the TV in it. I don't <laughs> care. But that's for us, that's not where we want to spend luxury. And that's the whole point of the episode, right? Is like for us, I don't want to spend luxury on my refrigerator or dishwasher. I just need a fridge or a dishwasher. Now, I will probably spend a little bit more on the stove and oven. I probably care a little bit more about that in terms of if I had a bucket of money to put in. Um, the other the other area where this has come up a lot is vacations in general. Yes, yes. But also for us, like campgrounds. Yes. So when we first started RVing, um, you know, I kind of went into it with this mindset of like, well, of course, we always want to stay in a super nice campground with yeah. like a great view. Duh. Um, but the fact is, if we're spending more money on a campground, that's less money that we can spend going out to eat or going to do whatever random yep. things in the area that we're in. Yep. And so we kind of had this realization of, OK, we need to think about why we're going to the place that we're going. Yes. Are we going to be. In the airstream, most of the time, looking at the view. Yeah, or are we are we in more of kind of a vacation mode while we're in this location? Um, like when we were in Montana, yes, and we were going into Glacier National Park like almost every day. Yep. So it really didn't matter where the airstream was parked. Yep. Because we were going in and we're hiking leaving. and like doing yeah. all that stuff. So why would we pay for a super expensive, crazy nice campground when we're not going to be there most of the time? Exactly. We do the same thing. Um, Especially like when we go on, when we go on like our kind of yearly, I'll call it a retreat where we just kind of like do our planning Mm -hmm. and stuff for the year. We know going into that trip, most of our time is going to be spent 
at whatever cabin or whatever yes. that we're renting. And so we do tend to get something a little bit nicer mm-hmm. with like a hot tub and whatever, because most of our time is going to be spent at there. the cabin. Yeah, like we're, we're not going to be going really out a ton. Much. Yeah. So it is just recognizing, okay, what am I, what am I going on this trip for? Yes. Where do I want my money to go? Yes. Would I rather be able to go out and rent whatever equipment to do whatever super fun thing I want to do in the area? Or would I rather that money go towards paying for something with an amazing view? Well, and I've spent, I mean, I think about like all the snowboarding trips I've gone on over the years and just how like, depending on what's happening on the trip, it's a very different you know, what we're optimizing for, right? So the luxury that we're looking for is very different. So I've gone on all guy trips where the number one thing that we're optimizing for is proximity to the slopes. And so the whole point is like as much time on the slopes as humanly possible, um, as cheap of accommodations as humanly possible, but as close as possible. So we pack a ton of guys into one little area and it's, you know, dirty and nasty and not whatever clean for a week but we're there to snowboard and that's all we're there for that is not how i like to do snowboarding (laughs) (laughs) and then we've gone on other snowboarding trips right where like we're optimizing for a balanced day on the slopes and then like a really fun evening at the cabin with the group of friends that we're with and so we want to get a nicer cabin because maybe even a decent amount of those people on the trip aren't even snowboarding right and so then what we want to optimize for is like a really nice cabin and it doesn't have to be right near the slopes we can bus in every day because that's not what we're trying to go for and so the money goes to the cabin not to the proximity to the slopes totally and so this has come up with like smaller things too and it's interesting to see um different areas where you like a little bit more luxury mm-hmm. and different areas where i like a little bit more luxury so of like a few years ago um we were getting kindles and you were totally happy with like the super basic yep most yep. basic cheapest option for a kindle and i got i got like their most expensive you, did. you got like the rose gold like uh oasis it yes. even has an expensive name i know it does have an expensive name but like mine has buttons where you can turn the page which sounds like a silly thing but i can lay there with one hand and like turn my pages whereas like you have to swipe and like bringing your hand up bringing your other (laughs) hand up to swipe yeah you can't be bothered to swipe with your kindle (laughs) no but seriously it is it is just like a nice feature when i'm laying in bed and whatever yeah and um and you thought about that ahead of time because we 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 literally didn't even have them in our hands we were ordering them online and you thought about that and we're like the way I'm going to read in bed laying, I'm not going to want to I would to like to be able yes. to just hold it with one And you one thought hand. about that. And you kind of said that to me. And you're like, what do you, do you think? You're, and I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't think I need that. I, yeah. I'm like, Nick didn't care about that. Yep. And the other thing was it was waterproof. So I was like, well, if I like want to take it down to the beach or by the pool or yeah. in the bathtub or anything like that, um, I, I liked the waterproofness of it, um, which hopefully I never tested out. But, but knowing there. me, it might happen at some point. But yeah, I've loved my Kindle. I've like a thousand percent really enjoyed it and been happy with the choice to go with a little bit more luxury yes. in that area. And you have a thousand percent been happy I've with your Kindle. I've actually preferred it because mine's smaller. Yeah, and, and yours that, is smaller. Your size actually annoys me. Uh, and I like having the smaller version, the more compact version. Yeah. But see, um, the other thing about mine was it, the, it's shaped 
differently. Yeah, so the grip is better. So to me, it's actually easier to hold because of the grip. But my hands, hands. I was about to say my hands are smaller than yours. So like you can grab your normal Kindle Paperwhite, like no problem and whatever. But anyways, so the other area where we're kind of flip-flopped is you like your fancy Garmin watch. So now we're back on the watches. (laughs) Yeah. That does like all the heart rate stuff and whatever. Whereas I'm kind of like, I don't really need that. I have a Garmin that only tells me my running distance. Yeah. Like old Garmin. I wanted a spring for like the little bitty, the extra features. I wanted the heart rate monitoring. I wanted some of the, like the VO2 max levels. Like I just wanted some more of the data to like, I don't know. I'm a data nerd. So I just (laughs) like to say you would want data. I just liked it. The last little area that I was going to say that um, I sort of will spring for extra money, which I think is funny because, like, my mom, for example, when she, like, first found us, she was like, are you serious on that? Um, But, like, really nice um, uh, craftsmanship on, like, goods, I guess is a way to say it. So, like, I have a really expensive, what, $65, $70, like, leather wallet. And it's an extremely slim wallet. Like, it's not... It's teeny tiny. It's teeny tiny. It's It's a single, like, there's room for maybe four credit cards and a driver's license. Handmade, leather crafted... Uh, by a YouTuber that I love and follow. Little King Goods. Little King Goods. And and so, again, two things, kind of going back to the socks. Like, one is I like really nice leather-crafted stuff. And then, two, um, I like supporting other creators. Yeah, I was about to say, the other thing is you just like him. I really do. I like him a lot. I like his videos. I like what he does. I like what he's about. Um, and I, I really like supporting other creators. And so I'm definitely a sucker for like nice merch from YouTubers and creators that I follow. Along those same lines, one last thing that I want to point out is um, especially like since we've kind of found the little town that we're settling down in, I especially, and you do too, some make a point to go and buy things from the local bookstore. Yes, absolutely. We love the bookstore here and like they do a great job of before coronavirus having all sorts of like author events and they yes, do all sorts of bringing stuff. Bringing people in every single week, they've yeah. got somebody coming in. And they do neat like events for kids in the area and we just like it. Yeah. And so we. And it's a great setup too because it's a bookstore combined with a coffee shop and a wine bar. Yeah. They've got like everything. And it's, and they have it's like really live smart. music. I mean, again, all pre corona, they had all mm-hmm. this, but. Um, super cool. Yep. So we want that to be there. Yes. And so we go out of our way to try to support them. And even if it means paying a few more dollars for the book than we would online, we, we go there I feel really good about doing that. Yep. So this whole episode is, um, basically a compilation of stuff we like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) because it's just luxury goods. Um, but that's, that's what the, uh, curious questions are all about. Uh, with that in mind though, Hannah, what else are you liking today? Okay, so my mom is a home ec major, and my dad lovingly jokes that she majored in Mop and Broom 101, and (laughs) she also is like the ultimate craft slash decorator person. She is. She's like always decorating something, and it always looks amazing. And so my dad also lovingly calls her the director of Whimsical Pursuits. And I say all that because today what I like is the OG director of Whimsical Pursuits. Who is that? It's Martha Stewart. (laughs) Um, 
So Martha Stewart, while I was at my parents' house, we don't have cable in the nursery, but while I was at my parents' house, uh, they do have cable. And so we were watching Martha's new show. I guess it just came out. It just came out because of Corona. Yeah. she basically has people like video call her. Yeah. And ask questions. So it's Martha it's Knows quite Best. Funny. It really is. I And she just knows like everything. She does know everything. You're all super into it right now too because again we're about to buy this house so you're like getting all these ideas for all just different stuff you know that we can do and she's got all these amazing ideas about her garden and how she's doing the pavers and well, all this I'm, stuff. I also am a little partial to it because she talks about all of her animals Yes, and she goes around and like it does they do these funny little commentary things and and you know Martha Stewart's a dry sense of humor she is and so you know it shows her going around her like huge property and all of her animals and like doing whatever bird calls of like whatever <laughs> bird she's around and you know it flashes up on the screen like martha's fluent in 26 different animal languages or you know something goofy um so yeah she just has it's also it also makes me feel like yes i'm watching tv which is kind of a waste of time but you're also kind of learning productive things. It's definitely more productive than like binge watching a series. I'll give you that. Yeah. So she's full of knowledge. Martha is. So that's who I like this week. That's a good one. Now that we've talked about Martha Stewart, do you want to tie a bow on it? Sure. So uh, the main takeaway today is really a recurring theme on this podcast, which is all about conscious spending. And all about, you know, thinking through your purchases and what really matters to you. And so the curious question is, uh, where do you appreciate a little bit of added luxury? And uh, how do you want to prioritize that in your budget? Remember that budgeting is not supposed to be this restrictive thing that, you know, holds you back. It's supposed to be something that helps you prioritize the things that you really care about and uh, the places that you do want to spend your money. So hopefully this has been uh, fun to listen to and uh, fun to hear about some of the places we like some added luxury. And uh, I would really would love to hear from you. So if you find yourself thinking about the places you like added luxury, send us an email, nick at mappedoutmoney.com or uh hit me up on Twitter at Nick D. True. I would love to hear about the places that you really enjoy a little bit of added luxury. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and uh, we will see you next week. Bye.